You're listening to a brand new episode of the Not So Nerdy Podcast, presented by Podlot, a free podcast promotion label for up-and-coming podcasts. If you want more info or want to join the network, follow and DM them on Twitter at Podlot. If you like what you hear in today's episode and want more, make sure to follow me on Twitter at NSN Podcast. If you have any questions or want to appear on my show, feel free to email me at nsnpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you and enjoy this week's episode. Welcome back to the Not So Nerdy Podcast. This is issue number 17, and I'm your host, Owen. Today, I'm going to be talking some more Star Wars and trying to answer the question of what show coming to Disney Plus could fill the void or gap left by Star Wars or Clone Wars now that it's over. We have tons of Star Wars content coming to the streaming platform soon, all of which have tons of potential for becoming the next great Star Wars show, similar to how the Clone Wars was. Now, I did some research and I found all the information I could about all the confirmed shows coming to Disney+, Plus, as well as different rumored shows. I'm going to analyze each show, and at the end of everything, I'm going to give my thoughts and opinions on which show holds the most potential to become the next big Star Wars TV show. You know, keep in mind, these judgments will be in my own opinion, and if you have any different thoughts, please reach out to me on Twitter and let me know. I'd love to hear from you guys. So starting off, we have The Mandalorian Season 2. Now, before I jump into anything, this show already has an advantage over every over the rest on this list, Due to, its first, due to its first season already being on Disney+. Plus, uh, We know more about this show and its upcoming seasons than any other on the list. And, you know, I gotta say, I also think that this is some of, if not the best, Star Wars content that we as fans have received since the original trilogy. Um, you know, again, with that being said, there's a lot that we don't know about the second, second season, and that's what I'm gonna take a look at today. So basically, all we know about the second season is that it's gonna entail the Mandalorian looking for the child's homeworld. Um, you know, we see the line in the season finale where the armorer in the in the gutters says to Mando, you know, this child is in your care now. He's a foundling. Um, you got to find its homeworld. You know, he's in your care until you find its true parents or its true people. And I think that that's a great mission for him to uh, kind of take on in the second season that holds a lot of potential there. That also gives us a really deep dive into the lore of the Yoda species. Um, obviously, we don't really know that much about him from the movies and everything, and we honestly don't know anything. There's not even a name to the species. Um, so that's the thing. Like we need, we need to find that out eventually, and I think that this is a great way to do it. So there's a lot of potential within that storyline as well. Um, the second the second thing about the potential for the, the season is, you know, there's been a lot of rumors going around for a live-action Ahsoka Tano to appear in season two. Um, now I'll talk about uh, a little. I'll talk about her a little bit more later because uh, the part of the rumor is that she's gonna when she appears, it's kind of gonna be a backdoor pilot into her own series. But within the Mandalorian itself, her being on this show or being included in the show could mean a lot to fans. Um, you know, she's a much loved character and a very loved kind of person within the Star Wars universe and a lot of people are very excited to see her in live action have been calling for it for years now um you know we see at the end of season one of Mandalorian you know Moff Gideon busts his way out of the TIE fighter after it crashes with the Darksaber so how is that really gonna tie how is that really gonna play off of him going against the Mandalorian to me that kind of seems like an unfair fight um so I completely understand, you know, that 
if they were to bring Ahsoka in and kind of have her own, kind of have her own thing that like goes against Moff Gideon to help Mando, and then she branches out into her own show. Um, so that in and of itself holds a lot of potential for the Mandalorian. Just to, for her to be included in that, that's going to boost the the series like greatly. Um, you know, and again, I'll talk I'll talk a little bit more about her own series. It's part of the rumored list. Um, a little bit later in this episode. So the the Mandalorian has a lot of a lot of potential in it. Um, we already know that we're getting a season three too. Uh, I don't know if it's been confirmed yet, but I know John Favreau has said that he's been writing it for a while now, and the concept art is already being drawn up. Again, nothing's confirmed officially about a Mandalorian season three, and honestly, we don't. Obviously, we don't know anything about it as of yet. Um, just because. Season 3 will play off of Season 2, and we obviously don't know how long or what Season 2 is going to bring for us. So, there's nothing confirmed yet about a Season 3, but it is in the works and it is happening. And, you know, just because of the show and how well it's been done uh, already with its Season 1, I'm super excited for Season 2, and I cannot wait to see what happens in Season 2 and what happens for Mando and the child and just everything that come out of that show. Following The Mandalorian, we have the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Now, this show holds so much potential within it. Fans have been asking for this for such a long time. Um, there's Honestly, there's so much Disney could do with the series. Now, I don't have a lot to go off of because there's not many details confirmed about it. And it, honestly, from what I've been reading and hearing, it's keep it keeps getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. So I don't know when we're going to get it. But there is two details that we know. Um... Now, this has come straight from Ewan McGregor's mouth, who is reprising his role as Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, the first thing he said was that it does take place eight years after Revenge of the Sith. Uh, and I kind of like this. You know, it, it gives us time to see a more aged version of Obi-Wan as he's kind of making that transition from Obi-Wan Kenobi to Ben Kenobi. Um, but we also get to see, you know, it's still, to me, it's still soon enough that he is... Revenge of the Sith and the events that happen is still fresh. Um, and the reason I'm saying that is because the other thing that we've gotten from Ewan McGregor is a direct quote from him. He's talking about the show. And he said that the plot may focus around Kenobi dealing with the guilt of Revenge of the Sith, what happens in Revenge of the Sith, and how Anakin turns to the dark side. Um, and the direct, quote, the direct quote reads, It will be interesting to take the character we know in a way and show him Dealing with the fact that all the Jedi were slaughtered at the end of Episode 3, it's quite something that he needs to get over. And I 100% agree, there's no way they could do a Kenobi series without even mentioning this, or without even without touching on that plot point. I mean, we don't see it that much because the events, the, the events that were, are shown after Order 66 and Episode 3 are very much reactionary. Um, you know, they're just trying to survive, Yoda goes to Dagobah, Obi-Wan goes to Tatooine, and gives Luke to Uncle Owen and everything, but we don't really see him kind of have an emotional reaction to it. We do see him react to Anakin, the hologram of Anakin killing people, but, like, other than that, we don't get anything. So, that to me just doesn't really... Not that it... It makes sense for them to be more reactionary during the movie because obviously they have to set up the story of him being on Tatooine and everything. But I would love to see how, um, I would love to see how Obi Wan deals with the turnover from the Republic to the Empire in Order sixty six and all the guilt behind that and just him overcoming that guilt. 
I think it holds a lot of potential in it. And then, of course, there's other things you can do with it. You, you know, you can explore his relationship between Uncle Owen and himself. You know, obviously, we kind of hear in uh, A New Hope that they kind of had a rocky relationship. They don't really trust him. Uh, when I say they, I mean Uncle Owen and Luke's aunt. Um, they don't really trust Obi-Wan and everything. And, you know, you know, I would just love to see the transition from Obi-Wan Kenobi to Ben. Because, uh, to me, those are two different people. Um you know, he, Ben Kenobi is his old hermit. He's not a Jedi anymore, and Obi-Wan still is. So I would definitely love to see how that transition kind of takes place and what happens with it. Um, so that that series holds a lot of potential, just purely on the fact that it's Ewan McGregor. People love him as Obi-Wan, and they've been asking for this for years now, and there's just so much they can do with it. Um, so I am really excited for that show. That, that show does hold a lot, a lot of potential. For the last of our confirmed TV shows coming to Disney+, Plus, we have the Cassian Andor series. Now, Cassian was a character introduced in Rogue One, where we saw him help Jyn Erso steal the plants to the Death Star, which then leads into A New Hope. Uh, during Rogue One, at the end of the movie, we obviously see his death, so the series will have to be a prequel to the movie, because we see his life from the beginning of the movie up till his death, so everything that we see will have to be before that. Um, the show is set to begin production in 2020, and Diego Luna, the person playing Cassian Andor has confirmed to reprise the roles, as well as Alan, Alan Tudyk, Tudyk uh, will reprise his role as K2SO, the uh, reprogrammed Imperial droid. Um, now, honestly, there's so much that they could do with this show. Um, we hear the line in Rogue One that he says to Jen, you know, you don't know what I've done for this rebellion, or it's something along that. And that little line right there just shows that there's so much more storytelling that can be told for this character. And we could see kind of like a darker, darker side of the Rebellion. And I actually personally like that. You know, we see the Rebellion in the movies as this like, you know, you know, pure good, you know, we're going to do this and we're trying to save the galaxy from the Emperor. But you have to think, you know, with Cassian's role as a spy, there might have to, there might be some stuff that he isn't too happy about. And I, I think that that's a good side to show because it makes it more realistic, you know, it shows that the rebellion. There's there are people who do things that not other people agree with, um, and they're not just these good, pure good people that are just trying to take down the emperor for the galaxy's sake. Which they are obviously trying to do, but things can get dirty along the way with that. Um, and you know, I honestly think that there's so much they can do with this as well. You know, we there are untold stories throughout the rebellion that we need to hear, and I would just love to see. Cassian in his own right and you know working with K K2SO and everything um I would also like to see their relationship more you know I thought that their interactions between each other were amazing in Rogue One they were hilarious um and it obviously hinted at more of the history between those characters so seeing that would just make me uh happy as well and you know there's so much they can do with this honestly like I don't, I don't even know if like if I can think of everything that they can do because you you the line of him saying, you don't know what I've done for this rebellion, leaves a door open, leaves it wide open. Um, you know, there's so much that they can do with that, so many stories they could tell. And honestly, I think the best route that they could do with this, just to keep this going as long as they can, if, it, if, it, if it's a good show, is don't even give it a timestamp on how far before, how early, how much earlier it is than Rogue One. You know, don't give us that. Tell us, don't even give us like a year or anything, you know, just keep this going for as long as you can if you can tell the story. If you can tell the story good and you can keep these rebel spy adventures going, do that. Um, 
So there's so much potential they could do with the show. The different characters they could bring in. They could bring in Saul Guerrero. You know, they could br- bring in us uh, more important figures from the Rebellion, stuff like that. There's so much they can do with this. And I just love how wide the door is open with their show. Um, and I just, I'm hoping we learn more about their show. And I'm glad it's confirmed. I'm glad it's coming to Disney+. Plus. Um, so that is the final show that we know details about confirmed coming to Disney Plus. Now there is one more show in the Star Wars universe that has been confirmed coming to Disney Plus, but I cannot find a title, information, or anything regarding it. Um, so just to list out all the shows that are confirmed coming to Disney Plus, we have The Mandalorian season two, the untitled Obi Wan Kenobi series, and the untitled Cassian Andor series. So with that being said, I'm going to jump into the rumored shows now. And there's so much that they can bring to these tables, but keep in mind again. This is all just rumors. We have no idea if any of this stuff is happening, so just keep that in mind. Much like our confirmed list, we're starting off with The Mandalorian. Now, there is a kind of specific quote stated by Bob Iger that reads, different characters can go in their own directions in terms of series. Now, what does this mean? So I made a list of three different characters from The Mandalorian TV show, side characters, that could potentially get their own uh, TV show. The three that I came up with are Cara Dune, IG-11, and Moff Gideon. Going into Cardoon, she we know a little bit about her backstory. She's a rebel shock trooper um, that served on Endor, and she kind of served towards the end of the rebellion and then left. Um, so, what could they do with that? And a lot, I think, a lot of it would be her missions that took place on Endor after Return of the Jedi, um, and just who she was with at the time of her. Uh, her serving the rebellion and stuff like that i think that'd be a good way to put a lot more depth to her character and i think after they do this then you can make the mandalorian even better as well by just constantly referencing uh her past in season three season two of mandalorian you know who knows whenever we're if we ever get the show and when we ever get it how you could start integrating more of her history into the mandalorian you could also do something similar as the rumored ahsoka show you know use a Mandalorian episode to explore her past that could potentially lead into her own show. The second character I thought of was IG-11. Now, I love IG-11. He is hilarious. I think, you know, he's one of the probably one of the best characters on the show. There's something just about him that makes me laugh every time he talks. Um, unfortunately, we did see him die in the season finale of uh, The Mandalorian. He sacrificed himself to save uh, Mando, Kara, and uh, Grief Karga at the end of the, at the, end of the show. Um, but what, basically what it was, he was a bounty hunter for the guild. Um, and what I think could really work that way is like an anthology series about different missions he did during, uh, that time. I think, you know, even if it was like a limited series or something, like, I think that would just work really well. I think Taika Waititi voicing that character gives him a personality that a lot of people just gravitate towards. Um, I think Taika Waititi is really good at that. And I would just love to see this, you know, just a short, maybe limited series about, what he did for the guild and how he became the, the character that he was or something, you know, I know he's a programmed droid, but I think there's a lot more that they could explore there. And I think it could be more of like a comedic show just because of his robotic personality going off of all these missions that he could do. And I think Taika could play like wonderfully into that. The third and final show that I thought of for like a Mandalorian spinoff series is Moff Gideon. Um, so Moff Gideon is an Imperial officer who somehow obtained the Darksaber. And we get a little bit of 
his history in Mandalorian season finale, you know, we see Cardoon say he was executed and Mando said he wasn't. Um, but there's so much more that they could do there. Um, we even get a mention of the Siege of Mandalore. So, like, was he at the Siege of Mandalore? I would love to learn that. Um, but there's just so much we could do there. You know, how did he get the Darksaber? You know, how did that come into his possession and what did he do to go through that? And we could also just explore some of his time of how he became who he was. You know, obviously in the Mandalorian, the Empire's gone. But this guy still seems to have some sort of rank from within the Empire it still have these loyal troops that are following her around, following him around. You know, he's got regular stormtroopers, he's got flame troopers, uh, death troopers. He's got tons of people that are still willing to listen his to his commands and everything. Now, whether that's out of fear or that's out of loyalty, I would really think that something would be really cool to explore and kind of get to know more about him and more about that character. Um, I also just would love to see any more stuff from within the Empire. I think that's side of, a side of Star Wars that we don't really get to see a lot. Um, so that would just be really interesting to me. Following these uh, Mandalorian spinoff series, and the second rumored show on our list is a potential Rebels sequel series. Um, now, you know, Rebels was a show, was a TV show that Dave Filoni produced after The Clone Wars was originally canceled, and everybody wasn't too happy about it at first, but then people kind of came around to it, and I know I, I, know I did. Um... You know, and again, just kind of just like the Cassian Andor show, there's so much that they can do with this series. The The series finale of Rebels left, same thing with Cassian Andor, the door wide open. You know, there's so many things they could do. The first thing they could do is, you know, follow up to the original Rebel series and how it ends. We see the ending of Rebels, Ezra defeats Thrawn. Um, I'm forgetting the name of the creatures, but he basically defeats them by using the creatures that can naturally enter light, light speed, and they go somewhere. Um... Obviously, there's, like, we don't, there's no confirmation that Ezra's dead, but, so where is he? And, you know, we see at the end of the series, uh, Ahsoka and Sabine go to look for him. You know, she, Sabine says, Ezra's still counting on me, I'm gonna go find him. There's so much that they could do with that, and that can take, you know, however long you want it to. It could be the first season, it could be the, the, the first and second season, you know, give us a story about that. You know, that would, that, I think, would be the main thing focus of the series and the main kind of plot for at least two seasons um and i think that that would be a great thing to explore because i know personally i would definitely love to see how ezra ends up you know where he is what he's doing and you know if he's dead or not um i think we need a better closing than that not to say i'm not saying that the rebels series finale wasn't good i thought it was a great episode of the show a very good wrap up but there's definitely more that they can explore between the characters of ezra sabine and ahsoka um, and you know, the second kind of plot that they could do is, you know, in that little montage at the end of the episode, we, we were introduced to Jace, uh, that's Hera and Kanan's son. Um, we kind of just see him flying in the ghost with Hera and everything, but obviously being the son of Kanan, that opens the question of, is he force sensitive or not? Um, and I think that's something that they could explore. And then, you know, it could kind of be very fitting, you know, if he is force sensitive to have him... Maybe Ezra comes back, and maybe he starts training him. And not to say that that would be a repeat of Rebels, but I think that'd be very fitting for, you know, Kanan to take Ezra in and kind of train him and teach him to be a Jedi and everything. And then it's, I think it's fitting for Ezra to live up to Kanan's memory and everything and to honor his memory, to train his son uh, in the ways of the Jedi. And I think that would be a very fitting end. And, you know, I absolutely love Rebels. Um, 
the characters were all great in it. You know, we see, you know, amazing character development within the show, and I would just love to see more of that, and there's so much they can do with this. You know, again, they left the door wide open with the series finale, and there's just so much they can do for it, and I would love, absolutely love to see it. Now, for the last of our rumored shows, we have the Ahsoka Tano series. This has been a lot of rumors going around about this show. You know, I mentioned it earlier when I was talking about Mandalorian. There's potential that she could appear in Season 2 of Mandalorian, a bunch of other shows. Um, so th- there isn't really a lot of information about this show, as nothing has been revealed or confirmed yet. Uh, so this is what I could find, and this is also what I think about the show. Now, the big rumor going around is that Rosario Dawson has been reportedly casted as the live-action Ahsoka Tano. Uh, there's been a tons of sites reporting this, but there has been no confirmation from Disney, from any Star Wars Twitter accounts, or, or anything of an official sense. Um, and if you don't know who Rosario Dawson is, she played Claire Temple in Daredevil and the other Marvel Netflix shows. Um, personally, if this is true, I'd be really happy about that. Um... I think she's a great actor, and I think she could do a lot to play uh, Ahsoka in a live-action sense. Now, for the potential with this show, um, there's a lot of ways that they could do it. They could either just make her show outright on her own and not really introduce her until this show, but she also has the potential to appear in Mandalorian Season 2, Kenobi, or Cassian Andor. You know, she has ties to all of these shows in some form. You know, in Mando Season 2... You know, we see her going with Sabine at the end of Rebels, which takes place after the events of Return of the Jedi, to search for Ezra. Mando takes place after the events of Return of the Jedi. So there's potential that she could, that their paths would eventually cross. And with Mando being with such a Force-sensitive character like the child, it only makes sense to bring in another person who's experienced in the Force. Um, so that's her potential to appear in The Mandalorian Season 2. For Kenobi... The, the connection there is obvious. She has such a relationship with Obi-Wan Kenobi that it would make sense for her to appear. You know, maybe... It, I don't think it would be a lie. You know, it would probably just be one episode with her in it and, you know, it would eventually lead off into her own series. Maybe at the beginning of the episode, she would come in, she would find Obi-Wan, and then something would happen that would kind of be the inciting incident to go push her off into her own series. But just due to her relationship with Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know... The potential is also there for her to make that appearance. And then finally, with the Cassian Andor series, you know, she has ties to the beginning of the Rebellion. We see that in Rebels. So maybe maybe you make her ties a little bit more important to the larger Rebellion. Um, you know, with, with, with Cassian, my bad, being a Rebel spy, you know, she used the codename Fulcrum. And, you know, obviously that became a big thing in the Rebel Alliance just in general. You know, maybe she has some bigger part to play, and that's and it, that's how she can make her appearance in Cassian Andor. You know, there's so much potential for them to introduce her and then bring her own series, and then even in the, her, her own series, there's so much you can do. You know, at the end of Clone Wars, we obviously see that she leaves with Rex. Now, they do get separated at one point, um, but, you know, tell the story about that. You know, explore in the series, you know... How how do they split up? You know, maybe Rex is in the first half of the season, or maybe he's in the first season entirely, and at the end of season one, they split up. And we see the introduction of Wolf and Gregor, um, and how Rex gets to where he is. You know, what is the potential, or what is the story behind them splitting up, and how Rex went his way, and how Soka went her way? Um, and then obviously, where do you go from that? Um... I just think there's a lot of potential they could do with the show. There's a lot of potential they could do with all of these shows. But 
Ahsoka is such a loved character within the Star Wars universe that I think this would Im- people would immediately just flock to the show and and watch it like crazy. Um, I know I would. I would definitely love to see it. I would definitely love to see it happen just because, one, it's more Star Wars content about a character we already know and a character we already love. Um, but there's also just so much you could do with that, too. And I would definitely like to see Ahsoka doing her own thing. You know, throughout the Clone Wars, we see... She's with Anakin. She's under Anakin, Anakin's wing. And then in Rebels, she's working with Hera and she's working with Kanan and everything. We never see her really be a Jedi on her own. We do get a glimpse of it in the final arc of the Clone Wars, the Siege of Mandalore, because she's leading this kind of you know mission on her own and then everything goes wrong and now she has to live and, and survive. So we kind of get to see that in there. But other than that, we really don't get to see her doing her own thing every once in a while. And I think that would just be a great factor to explore. So those are all the shows confirmed and rumored that are coming to Disney Plus set within the Star Wars universe. Now, I mentioned it, you know, a couple times when I was talking about the shows, but all of these all of these projects have potential to fill the gap left by Clone Wars. Um, but, you know, when it really I really sat down and thought about these and when it came to thinking about these shows and which one could become the next big Star Wars thing, uh, there were only really two that constantly came up in my mind. Um, so to make my decision and so to, to lay it out for you guys, I decided on a show out of the confirmed shows. Um, that way we know, okay, out of we know that these shows are coming. So I, I wanted to make a decision out of there so it gives a definite answer. Um, but then I also made an overall choice out of all of these shows, both rumored and confirmed coming to Disney+. Plus. So for the confirmed shows, I, I really do think that Cassie and Andor can do the best to fill the hole left by Clone Wars, and, and this is why. You know, we already have some sort of introduction to his character and his world that we as viewers won't be completely lost, but there is so much potential to explore new areas and new characters. Um, You know, bringing in a mix of old characters like Cassian and K2SO, but also new characters is the best way to do this and capture the audience. You know, we saw this with the Clone Wars when the movie first came out. You know, we knew who Anakin and Obi-Wan were, but we didn't know who Ahsoka was. We didn't know who Rex was. So I think that that's a great way to capture an audience into a movie or TV show. You know, and like I mentioned before, we can then explore Cassian's past and see a side of the rebellion we haven't seen before. Um, And, you know, just within that, there's so much potential to just encase the audience in the show of the rebellion. You know, the only really downside to this is we know how Cassian's story ends. We know how uh, K2SO's story ends. Um, So everything that happens in the show has to lead to the events of Rogue One, which could make the show a little predictable and it also kind of creates this like safe factor over Cassian and K2SO because you can't kill them you can't you know you can't kill Cassian or K2SO within the show because they die in Rogue One so then it would then fall to the creators and the producers directors of the show to introduce new characters get us to care and then kill them instead if that's the way they're going to go because then that's going to make us upset about the show and that's going to bring us back to it eventually so for both rumored and confirmed shows, I, there's only one that stood out to me that can fill the gap of the Clone Wars. And that, to me, is the Rebels sequel series. Um, and the reason I believe this, the main kind of reason I believe this, is because the show already did that. Um, when Clone Wars was, was canceled, and then they announced, hey, we're going to be doing this show called Star Wars Rebels. It's got brand new characters in it. It's going to explore this time period of the Star Wars universe. People were not really excited about it just because it wasn't Clone Wars but then as the show evolved and as, as the show went on we 
cared about those characters. I mean, I know personally, you know, I wasn't excited about it, but when I finally gave it a chance to watch it and get to know these characters and everything, I really cared for it, and I really cared for the show itself and the characters within the show. Um, and I honestly think the same thing can happen again. You know, this sequel series can follow up from the Clone Store, from the Clone Wars, and tell a story about characters we already know and love. Um, you know, I, I, I really, I truly do hope that the series is confirmed eventually, and I really hope that it is that fourth confirmed show coming to Disney Plus that we know nothing about. Um, I would love to see how the story of the Ghost Crew finishes and how they uh, continue without their li- continue their lives without Ezra. And then I also want to see the eventual finding of Ezra. I think that's something that they could really confirm that they could really explore. Um, so those are the those are the really the two shows that I I think could fill the gap left by clone wars now that it's done all right everyone thank you so much for listening today if you agree with my choices or disagree please reach out to me on twitter and let me know you can dm me at any time and i'd love to hear from everyone please make sure please then make sure to follow me on twitter at nsn podcast as well as go follow the podlot at podlot if you'd like to be on my show please email me at nsn podcast at gmail.com have a great week and i'll see you guys later